Hello, readers and writers. I am Anthony L. Manna, also known as Professor Grandpa Tonio, the book guy and the writing guy. Welcome to Writers on Writing, my podcast series of conversations with great authors. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Dina Marie. Dina Marie is a spiritual mentor and healer and the author of Our Energy Matters, The Art of Crystal Reading. Her book is a fascinating, life-changing guide that reveals how to live your life in peaceful harmony. What her book continues to offer me personally is inspirational guidance and practical advice and tools for learning how to live my life to the fullest, happily, honestly, intentionally. I know that sounds like a lot, but folks, it's happening. She is well known for her life-affirming classes, workshops, and retreats, and you can witness her power as a spiritual teacher each Friday on Lift Your Spirits, the radio show she hosts on Alternative Talk Radio AM, where she introduces fascinating people, explores memorable places to visit, and encourages her listeners to embrace activities that will lift their spirits through new ways to grow, learn, and I love the last part, and play. Over the past challenging year, the COVID year, Dina Marie and I have held weekly phone conversations about what her book is teaching me about life well-lived, about mind-body harmony, about self-acceptance, in this case, which is more a celebration of selfhood, and about reaching out to others with loving kindness. Each week, I share with Dina Marie brief pieces of my writing, best described probably as prose poems that offer her my reflections on the teachings I'm finding in her book. She lives in Whidbey Island in Washington State. And go online and take a look at that. It's, I wrote to her the other day and I said, you live in paradise. Hello, Dina Marie. <laughs> this is so weird because we talk to each other so informally all the time. Anyway, I, I really, I'm so happy you're, I'm so happy you joined me, you know, because I wanted to be able to, in a sense, hold a formal interview. You, uh, you know how I love talking with you about, well, I'm quoting you here, how to man manifest your heartfelt intentions. Those are your words in your book's second subtitle. You suggested to me that a good way to start my day is to make a list of my intentions for the day, along with coming up with five items, people, blessings that I'm thankful for. I'm surprised by the positive thinking this brief exercise helps me. You know, Dina Marie, you know what I wanna do? I wanna start at the very beginning. I wanna ask you, I can be a little co more coherent if I say, when did you first become aware that you wanted to pursue a career in the healing arts at, or as I, I like to call your passion, the celestial arts. <laughs> oh, first of all, Anthony, you made me cry a little bit. I just thank you, thank you for coming into my life and helping me uh, remind me of why I'm here and what I came here to do. Um, mainly, it's to uh, bring people back to their intuition 
So they think for themselves and that's where the chakra work came in. But I think as a child, that was a little bit odd. <laughs> it was super odd. Um, I believe I talked to angels as a child and I, I never felt alone except for with when I was with people. <laughs> I always felt like the celestial world or the arts were uh, kind of where I, I hung out. And then I hung out with animals a lot. So as the years went by, I really um, was enamored with the library. And so I went to the library and I started um, getting books and they started teaching me about things that my family, there was nothing like that in my family. And then I worked at a daycare when I was 17 and a woman had a bookstore that closed and she gave me all these books about um, the spiritual life. So that's kind of, I think where it started 17 and reading books. And here we are wow. authors. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess I wonder a little bit sometimes too, along the way, as you started developing yourself and your, and your consciousness. So, I mean, it's so sharp in the book, it's so sharp. Did you have, if any, did you have challenges along the way? Oh gosh, yeah. I, at, for 10 years, I stayed home with my children and read my favorite books, went to my favorite uh, bookstores, bought crystals and kept them in my car. And that's kind of how the book began. But I meditated and I started um, knowing a lot about myself. I started knowing a lot about other people, maybe things I shouldn't have known. So my intuition was, was um, it was getting, it was expanding. Like I, I was working it like a muscle, my intuition. And I kind of scared people because I didn't know how to use it. And I would say things out loud and my family members would say, shush up. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't do that. And so I kind of became um, a, a weirdo a little bit in the family. They didn't understand me. And then I started hiding my books because I didn't want people to know what it was or who it was that I am, which for 10 years, I acted like somebody else. Um, and then I would go read my books where the kids took naps and meditate. So yeah, there was a time where I also was a, a born again Christian, all my family members were, and it was not, everything that I saw in my mind's eye was not something you talked about. That's so right. my, yeah, my throat chakra was very, very blocked at that time. Well, see, the thing is, when you talk about block chakras, we're going to get into that in a little bit, because some people will not know what you're talking about. But in your book, over and over again, it, it's not a secret. You know what I mean? It's not some mysterious. It's something that we do to prevent ourselves from growing, you know, and, and re realizing who we are. You know, I want I want to get to the word energy because it's so strong. It's in your title. Our energy matters. The art of crystal reading. Energy is taking on the meaning of a life force for me or an empowerment that can pave the way to higher level thinking of who I am and who I might become. So what about this, uh, this notion of energy? Um, in your words, how the universe is always reminding us of who we are and leading us back to our source. What about, so in your, in your sense of the word energy, what are you asking for here? I, I think I compare it to um, when a, a baby's born, or, or this is an example, when a child is born and people are just drawn to this child when they're small, because they have energy, they have this beautiful, it's almost pink, the color pink, and everyone's drawn to it. And then as the child gets older, goes to school, it, it, they don't really have that energy. They, so they've lost energy because people exchange energy. And a lot of people hang out with babies because they're running on empty. 
but energy is for me, I did, I do something called Reiki, which is hand on, hands on healing and people will come in, they'll look at each other's physical bodies and they'll make judgments. And then the Reiki circle starts and I teach them how to do energy work with other people, but people they don't know. And when they're done, some people cry, some people hug each other afterwards because they felt maybe the person's pain. Sometimes we feel some of the person's anger, disappointment, grief, but there's no words exchanged. And so you can sense the person's energy. And if you can train people in energy, you know when to eat certain food, you know when to go to certain places. So sometimes a favorite restaurant doesn't feel good anymore and I don't go in and it's because, you know, the place is closing down, the management's, you know, gone and things didn't go very well. But if we can sense energy, and I think children always have it uh, up to about five. And then when they go to school, they're forced to sit in their chair. They're forced to do this force, force, force. So you lose your intuition and you lose your sense. Uh, your, that's your heart, your sense of what feels good. You know, thank you for help, like helping me um, remind myself too, because if it doesn't feel good, we, we just need to stop that activity. Wonderful. You know, and I, I have a really good specific example, I think, of what energy you gave me, which was very monumental in a way to me, because I said to you that I had been keeping journals of, uh, uh, and, and in one of these journals was a very bad relationship that I had been in oh, more than 10 years ago. And I, you know, the, the journal was there on my shelf and I kept looking at it, it was like, you know, and I, and I would look at it and I would sometimes open it up and it was so painful. And you said to me, get rid of it. And I thought, what are you talking about, woman, lady? <laughs> what are you talking What's about? And you said, yeah, you said, simply burn it, you know, and get rid of it. And you know what? All of a sudden it dawned on me, of course, because it's like those papers that the Zen Buddhists use where they, they light the golden paper in a sense and, and they, they see it or incense, you know, where it dissipates and it's, it's gone, you know, and it was for the moment it was very intense, but it's gone now, you know, and that's, that's what I've been feeling as I burn those pages, you know, so that was to me, that was like a, a gift of energy to take on, you know, to take on the um, responsibility or obligation for my own growth to do that. And I'm forever indebted. Let, well, let's, let, let, yeah, go ahead. Can I say, and look at your body language. If you touched your heart and then you went like this and it was released. So you opened up your higher chakras instead of that mosh pit of emotion in the past. So it's so sweet to see you touch your heart and then do this and let yeah, it go. We, we, you know, that's wonderful. I mean, and we, we've often talked, you and I at the very beginning talked about dance. You know, and the fact that I told you that I, I always was interested in dance, I wanted to be a dancer and dancing. And then when I was reading sections of your book, I, I just said, oh, I could just see dancers responding to this, but not, not in a narrative kind of way, you know, not in a, not in a story kind of way, but in, in explosions of, of, of illuminations, revelations. You know, and then crossing one on one, one, you know, I had this whole choreography, you know, and I thought to myself, am I too old to become a choreographer? Oh, oh no, let's not go there. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Please describe what a shot, what chakras are. And I say, and how you see them working in the mind, body and spirit of folks who come to you for healing and awakening. So say that, say that again. 
In other words, tell us what you think chakras are. What are, what are chakras and how do you see them functioning when people come to you for healing, for illumination, for just to talk? Well, simply the, the rock game is a color game and I work with the seven colors of the chakras and it's the colors that you don't, are, you don't gravitate to. So I had a woman, I'll use her as an example. This is a great example. Uh, she had seven blue stones, seven blue stones, which means her throat chakra is so open and she's so shut down and she has so much to say. And she did start dancing and writing and, and we talk a lot. So her chakras are shifting. So you work on the chakras that are blocked and you open them up and I give them prescriptions and prescriptions are having fun. Prescriptions are dancing. Prescriptions are opening that part of yourself that is, is closed and frustration comes from those blocks and also disease, right? Disease. We know when uh, your throat chakra is blocked for years, like mine was, I had uh, sore throats. I had asthma. I had anything you could have in you know, mono. It's because I was raised in a place where there was no expression. So as soon as I got out of my home, I started to talk about how I feel. So these two started to, to get healthier. So the blocks are um, something we do over time. If you are a dancer and you're told to sit down and shut up <laughs> your whole life and that you're too imaginative and too colorful and you listen to them, you know, that's, that's where the frustration and the blocks come in. But quickly, the um, crown chakra is when you look up and you're a little kid and you're like, I have an idea. And then... You start to paint pictures in your mind's eye. Like, I'm going I'm to go out and play in the front yard. Well, who do I want to play with? And then you think of two of your friends. And then you almost see yourself maybe knocking on the door. Back then we knocked on the door. <laughs> we didn't have the calls like we do now. And then we actually get out of our minds and into our heart. How bad do you want to go out and play? How bad do you want to um, hang out with your friend? And so then you physically get out of your head and you put your heart into it. And you can almost see yourself moving forward physically to their house and when you get there, you knock on the door, which is your solar plexus. And the solar plexus is, is the chakra that makes you get up and dance when the song's playing and no one will dance with you. you you're you're going to do it and no one's going to stop you. And then the, the sacral, which is in your hip area, is when you have a relationship. So you take an idea and I call it like a midwife for your ideas. And you have fun with someone else. And, you, and like you and I, with all of our conversations, that's the sacral. It's a friendship. It's a family member. It's someone who supports you and loves your ideas. And then the root chakra is when you physically are outside playing in the front yard. So that's the physical body, that's the physical world. So everything I believe, so I teach the chakras a little bit backwards, starts with an idea. And if you're inspired and you're imaginative and creative, you, you paint a magical world. But if these chakras up here, which are a lot about depression, you don't have a paintbrush and it's not colorful and you go to work every day and you're not satisfied. So when people come to me, we find the block chakras, they open up one by one, and then they become musicians, artists, dancers. <laughs> and it makes my friendship life really colorful. <laughs> yeah, I just love that. It's so liberating um, to hear you speak that way. I, I, you know, I have a quote from you. I, you know how I quote you all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I should be your agent. In, you, say, <laughs> you say, increasing your knowledge about yourself can only lead to a harmonious life. But when I was thinking about this last night, I thought to myself, but what do you say to folks who tell you when they look inside themselves that all they see is confusion and self-loathing? To have fun. I always ask them what they used to do um, as a child. 
I make them go back to five. What did you do? Like my clients, she was a dancer and she has not danced for years. She's depressed. She feels sad. Um, she just took up some dance classes and it reignited that part of her. And so I think after this whole year and a half now, fun is the prescription. We have been too serious, too much, too much, right? Too much weighing on us. And so find that one thing like you gardening. I dance by myself out in the woods. Uh, I go ride my bike. I go to the beach, but art, music, anything creative, and then and find that little five-year-old and give that five-year-old what they want. And then you start to see the light, you start looking up again, and then we, you know, we keep working on it. And you might have to go to the past. So that's where my hypnotherapy training comes in. We might have to go, and that's what we've done with you and I, right? We go to the past, see that thing that's blocking us, and then release it, like your journals. That's right. And so you just mentioned hip, hypnotherapy. Yeah. Yep. I was a hypnotherapist. All right. We'll talk about that a little bit because I know it's been in passing several times. I mean, you kind of dismiss it in a sense, but what was that all about? Uh, let's see. I was a personal trainer for the physical body for 13 years. And I realized I would work with the most beautiful women. I mean, gorgeous. And you would never know what they're thinking about themselves, which, which is pretty like they're ugly or they're stupid or, oh, they were never good enough. And I came across this class and I took it. And um, the woman that was teaching, it was actually an aerobic teacher with me 10 years prior. So it was kind of a synchronicity. She hooked me up with the teacher and I took these classes and it made me um, not only do train, I say not only the train, the physical body, but the mind. So I love guided imagery. Um, I can take people back to a, I'll use myself for an example. I worked at a grocery store. And I ate sugar cookies until I made myself sick. Okay. At night it was slow. I'd go eat sugar cookies until I made myself sick. And so in class, they, you know, were practicing with me and it went back all the way to Christmas when I was six years old and was the only thing my mom did with me and my brother was make sugar cookies once a year at Christmas. And so what I really wanted was love, you know, or, or some connection with another human being. So I quit eating sugar cookies and I, I've never done it again. Wow. But just finding why we do what we do. And then also changing, I say, changing your tune. So instead of saying you're fat, ugly, and dumb, I'll say, I love life. Life is amazing. And then they come out and they feel better. And it opens up the third eye, especially, which we block. We don't want to see things. And PTSD, I work with vets. I worked with firefighters. And they would, in a Reiki session and guided imagery, go back to something very, very traumatizing. And they would heal it. And, and then they come out of this state of relaxation and they would say, you know, I saw the men and they all talked to me from the plane that went down, you know, and they said, I'm, we're fine. You can let this go just like with your journals. And so I love doing it. But for me, it got to the point where I, I saw too much abuse. And so I had to go back to Reiki and just doing the chakra readings. Um, you'll, you'll be, you'd be shocked how many people are just living, you know, life without any vision. Um, and because they've been hurt so, so horribly as a child. So that was too much for me. So I, I went to a lighter place, which is Reiki. So that was my next thing, which is hands-on healing. And then when I see blocks, I'll use guided imagery, which is a very colorful thing that you and I did. You don't have to go back to the actual um, incident and relive it like counseling over and over again. We just want to let it go and let it flow. And that's what hypnotherapy and the Reiki is, has helped me help others. So when you're doing Reiki, and you're 
you're it's hands-on okay and so do you come across obstructions yes <laughs> and I, there's a, a strange thing like people will say that they're they're fine and then all of a sudden i'll feel anger or i'll have i'll start coughing we have had many clients like i have to leave the room and sure enough they they have something they've never told anybody and as soon as they just release that with me and talk about it they are fine but a blocked throat chakra anger is in in your your solar plexus here so i can sense it um, oh, sometimes I sense deep, deep sadness. And I'll just say, you know, go back to a time where you felt sadness. And then we use the color therapy. But Reiki for me is like, you know, if somebody's ill and you, you hold their hand and, and you just feel like you're, you're giving them a hug um, or your child falls down. And the first thing you do is you pick them up and hug them. Um, and I've had uh, clients actually say your Reiki circle is like a big hug. It's like feeling accepted and feeling loved. And so it is for me, I do touch, but I, I hold people's hands. I, um, I touch the sides of their heads, um, but the, the chakras, I am hands over the top, but I can sense an open heart chakra and a closed heart chakra. And that's what we'll work on. And usually the stones from the chakra readings will match exactly what I sent. So then I give them a chakra dose. I stole oh. that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, you know, I just love that. Now your book is, you, you say the art of crystal reading. What can you tell, what about crystals in your work with folks who are in need of personal clarity? What, what do crystals do? Well, I was attracted to them. Um, and so I collected them and each crystal has a property, whether it's, you know, self-love, intuition, each color has, a, a, you know, something to say. And so at first, when I did the crystals, I thought I would use crystals in my Reiki and I would maybe use them, you know, over their heart or something. And I tried that and it didn't resonate with me, uh, but I do like give people crystals. So for instance, I have a young man in the book who couldn't hit baseball and I gave him a tiger's eye. I've had many women who do not know how to love themselves. So I give them rose quartz. But as the years went on, it was more of a color game, but the crystals that I've collected People pick their favorite colors, seven, and then I put them on my chakra cheat sheet. And then we see the crystals that are open, which those chakras that correlate. And then the ones that they don't pick are the ones we work on. And also if a chakra is blocked, then other chakras get too big. So that's another thing we work on is like closing. It's like a hose that's kinked, but the crystals just became like that. We call it the rock game. The kids call it the rock game. And then as a hypnotherapist, I brought my rocks to my office and then people started playing the kids rock game. And it, it was funny, people were hanging out at my office because I was in a spa and they got more out of picking the rocks in a childlike manner <laughs> than any you know counseling they had in a lifetime. So I thought I'll incorporate the uh, seven chakras and then do the hypnotherapy and the Reiki and it, it's been magic. So what I love about it is, it, it, and this comes out in your book, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pitch again the book because I think that um, a lot of people, you know, will, will benefit from this book. I mean, I know, I, know, I know that I needed a lot of guidance as well, but there's some, like when you talk about the chakra cheat sheet on the back of the book, you know, I mean, that, that it becomes very clear uh, in so many ways. So it becomes very concrete. You know, and I think that, that that's something that I like so much because they're tangible. You touch them, you know, you feel them, you reach for them, you know, and it's um, it, it's very, again, it's very liberating 
because you you're there and you're oh and that's what i that's the next thing i wanted to ask you about which is you're there and you do the reading explain to us what you mean by a crystal reading so I didn't really know what to call it. We called it a tune-up at one point. So I was trying to use words that wouldn't scare people away, uh, a chakra tune-up or an energy tune-up. But uh, the chakra reading, which is really what it is, because I'll do your astrology, like you're Leo, I'm a Gemini, that brings, that's the elementals, that brings fire, and, and it's, it's, it's very, um, how do you say it, comfortable. And then I'll do your numerology, which is why you came here. What, what's your lesson? Uh, I also do the nine-year cycle. So I'm in a two and things are brand new and you're kind of starting a new venture with me. So we have maybe three or four years of, of doing something together. And so cycles go one through nine. So it's nice to know what you came here to do. I came here to express myself. I came here to, uh, this is in my numerology, to stand my, my ground, to be who I am and speak up. <laughs> so I'm a triple Gemini, but that paints a picture, first of all, about what it is and what's your mission here. And then we go into the picking of the seven crystals and then you see what chakras are blocked. Uh, every day you're different. If I have someone on vacation, their, their chakras are much different than if they just came off of work. <laughs> so it changes the moment, you, you know, you pick up the news and you see that or you're with your friends and family having a party, your energy shifts all day long. So what we do is we work on the chakra that's blocked the most over time, which usually goes back to something as a child. So that's where the hypnotherapy and then the Reiki. I don't know. It's just magical how I can kind of put somebody in a space, a relaxed space, and they get better. So the reading starts with, you know, your numerology, astrology. Uh, we go into the chakras being picked and knowing which one's blocked. And then I either use guided imagery or Reiki. And then they get the chakra prescription, which I write on a little piece of paper, sometimes heart paper. And I send it home and they put it in their wallet or their fridge. And they look at this thing and it says, take up uh, art again. And then they do. And they meet somebody and then they become artists again. And they're in studio tours, <laughs> you know. Um, it's, it's, it's been fun. I mean, a lot of the heavy duty stuff that comes through, which when I did hypnotherapy was abuse, a lot of sexual abuse, uh, um, never talked about. So those were throat chakra power chakra issues. Um, so anytime I can get people to, um, write those letters and burn them, you know, just tell, get it out, get it out somehow and let it go. We've got to move forward. And I say the past is the past. Can we get past it? And if we can, then we open ourselves to the present moment, which is where the power is. And I love our conversations for the last year when that phone conversation is over, I feel super um, lifted, my spirits are lifted. And then, you know, magic happens for the rest of the day. Can you imagine doing that all day long? <laughs> this is so wonderful. You know, and, the, and also I should, I should also pitch in the fact that I write to you. You know, I, I, I go to your book and I sometimes do it very spontaneously or sometimes something happens like the one that I, I, I looked at last night that is way back when we first started talking was about doors opening. And the door, that door was so important to me and I felt that I was being locked away or locked out, you know, and, and then I said, I met you. You know, and I, and I had that piece of writing uh, that we, I don't necessarily have to read it today, but I mean, it's, it's, it's there waiting for me. When I go to it, it's again, I like the word liberating because here's something else um, that, you know, we, we talked about 
the the notion that the, the it just came back to me. I, I lost the thought, but I'm getting it again because I was telling you that I feel a little bit estranged from my uh, grandsons. And about two weeks ago, I said, I, I just don't know what's going on. I mean, they're in Arizona. I'm in Ohio. It's sometimes very difficult to keep, you know, an 18-year-old and a 12-year-old on your plate, <laughs> you know, on your roster. And you said, well, why don't you just write to them? And I thought, oh, I never, what's the matter with me? Anthony, bong, 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 you know, of course, you know, just a note or two. And maybe even slip in a $10 bill to say, go out and, you know, do something nice for yourself. Um, and I've been thinking about it. You know, I have, to, I, have to, I have to have the courage to do that because I'm, you know, I, I, will I be rejected? Will they not respond? You know, but in a sense, that doesn't really matter, does it? No. Nope. It's like when, it, when a therapist told me so many years ago, I said, I send, I send gifts to my, my, my grandsons and they never say thank you. And he, he looked at me and he said, Anthony, you know what? You don't send people, you don't give people gifts to expect thank you. You just simply give people gifts mm -hmm. because it's the here and now, it's the present moment. It's being in that moment to enlighten you and them. So go for it, you know? And I just love that. And it always comes back to me. Um, but I, but, but in, my, in my somber moments, it's really hard to hold on to that. In my liberated moments, when I'm thinking about you and the doors that are opening to me to celebrate myself, to appreciate myself, et cetera, then everything falls into perspective. And it's almost like, uh, it's almost like um, this. I, I did a four and a half mile power walk this morning because I live on eight acres and we have lots of trails and I was just like, you know, all over the place. And I'm not supposed to really do that because I'm supposed to be going into surgery again or something, but I did it anyway. And I thought, what a way to die on a path. I mean, my God, this would be beautiful. The birds are, the birds are singing to me and I'm going, you know, and when my partner said to me, uh, and I said to him, you know, I meditate. And he said, oh, it's a walking meditation. And, and, and what about it? And I said, no, oh, it's, it's wonderful because I really do go through a tonglen, which is the kind of meditation that I do, where I bring in people, I reach out to people and I reach out to myself. And it's, I said, it's just like, it's so wide. The expanse is so wide because I'm outside and the sky is like, where do you stop with that? You know, and I just feel like it's, when I'm, and I speak it out loud sometimes, you know, especially to the birds. But I mean, the whole idea is that it's, go, it, it's expanding, you know, and, it's, and I think that energy is expanding and I'm sure that somewhere along the line, somebody's gonna catch it. <laughs> well, by, by expanding your light, you're making the world all right. You know, it's like if you're, you hit your head about what an idea, so to write those letters, but as soon as this gets open, everything makes sense. Right now, if we're in our lower chakras, nothing makes sense. So we have to do the things that bring us joy. And we're the, like right after this, I'm going because I worked all week. I'm going out to the woods. There's a labyrinth there, and I'm gonna do my my church. I'm gonna walk. I call it a trot. <laughs> you probably go faster than I do. But yeah, the birds, the birds being in touch with Mother Nature is so it's powerful. And I feel so bad for people who don't know that. 
that the television is where you get disempowered, where your power is taken away, where your third eye shuts down, you're told what to do so you don't have a power chakra. You know, you've got, I'm so busy living life, I can't watch it. There's just, I don't have time to watch other people live life because I'm in the middle of doing it. So when you're running and you're in the woods and you're present, that is your, your prescription, your dose. But, it, you know, and I really like the fact that you, you are doing what you love. And I say that too. I'm swimming. I saw whales the other day, orcas in the water while I was swimming. If I die here, this is the place I want to go. <laughs> I don't want to do it sitting at home in shock because I saw something on the news. <laughs> yeah. or, or in an operating room, you know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, because I'm going to, I'm, I have a whole battery of tests coming up again. And I'm going to go back to the urologist who's going to perform the surgery. And I'm, I, you know, I, I want to, I want to, I want to walk gently through this and, you know, not, not panic uh, and just, you know, work with what they're asking me to do question why, because so many times when you're with these physicians, they are so, they have so much power because they know so much. Mm-hmm. Or so you think that, you know, you don't, you know, you don't want to ask, you know, but I've been asking lately uh, a lot more questions, you know, and sometimes I have to say, and this is going to sound so arrogant, but sometimes I have to say, you know, doctor, I'm also a doctor. I have a PhD. And he goes, oh, really? You know, I didn't know that. And then we go into this whole conversation about, you know, I'm an educated man, you know, and, and I, I, I never, I never really do that very much, but, but it is sometimes important for me to to stress that, to let them know that I have a kind of integrity to myself because getting, acquiring a PhD was not easy. It took me nine years of my life with a lot of bloodshed (laughs) and brain shed, you know? So that's, that's where I'm at right now, you know, going into another, you know, another cycle of illness. And, and but but let's go let's go to your in uh, your intuition and your gut and your power chakra and expressing yourself. So that's what if this is just an exercise for you to go to so-called experts who, by the way, are making money. This is a money making game. It's not they're not doing it for free. And you ask them, is this necessary? And then they have to answer the question. But what if your gut is like, I don't want to do it. I absolutely don't want to do it. And then walking away for a while and letting your intuition say now's the day or make that phone call. But having your intuition, intellect is good, but intuition kind of says, you know what? I should call that other person. And that person connects you to the other person. And then you get a specialist who's super lovely, like my daughter did. They said she had all kinds of things wrong with her. And then a nurse came in. I'm going to tell you the story because it's so relevant. I have something called middle schmerz. It's when you ovulate, it's super painful. It's, it's a word from German. And my daughter's of the same age that I got it. And she has had all these issues, has all these tests set up. And the nurse said, I think you might have middle schmerz. <laughs> and so it turned out that this nurse told my daughter exactly what she wanted. And my daughter didn't need any tests. And my daughter hugged her so much because she's like, thank you. My mom has that. That makes sense to me. And then the woman said, thank you. I was about to quit my job today. <laughs> <laughs> and because of you, I'm going to stay here the, and be a nurse because it's what I came here to do. But it's that we can make it magical. And when I have an intuition, I've been to the doctors and my doctor thanks me because all of a sudden I know what the problem is. But yeah, you got to be super careful right now. People are overwhelmed and that's their job to get you in. 
So listen to your gut. If it does, you've done this recently. It didn't feel like something you didn't want to drive three hours. And you said no, right? Yes. So that says something. Yes. No, I know. I mean, I had to make a choice uh, to drive to a clinic or to do it locally, you know, and it was, it was my, my decision um, that I felt very good about. I want to, I, another, another quote, please, because it, the, the passion behind this, you, you write, we must have the courage and conviction to speak our minds and take back our power. You were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. Truly moving our energy up to the heart chakra. I could, me personally, I could feel your conviction and compassion in that bold statement. Tell me how it is possible for, for me, this old guy, or maybe not even me, somebody you know, somebody in your mind, to achieve this realization. Well, we'll talk about me. I, I was afraid. I used to bite my tongue. I used to do things I didn't want to do. I told you how I did not want to get drugs for this tooth. I did not want a root canal. And then I wanted to say no. And then everybody said, yeah, Dina, you're already there. You might, might as well get it done. And he put um, a root canal in the wrong tooth. It wasn't even the right tooth. So I had three years of just horrible things that went wrong. But I go back to, I didn't want to do it. I didn't. They gave me a little bit of drugs to relax me. And I made a horrible decision. And your intuition is like a muscle. And, and if we're taught, like you and I were, to keep our mouths quiet and just do what you're told, you can almost hear yourself saying, don't say it, don't say it. You'll sound stupid, bite your tongue. <laughs> like I used to do at my family gatherings. I'm like, I have nothing to say here. And they're like, don't, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I'm afraid of setting someone off. But then eventually you start saying it. And then those people maybe don't hang out with you anymore. And then I've been tested this whole year because I've had these weird jobs where I'm not being treated well. And I just say, you know, I, I don't want to do that task anymore. It's hurting me. <laughs> I would never say that before. And now we have extra help and I don't have to do that task anymore. Isn't that strange how we were taught to repress our, not our intuitive selves, but our true selves, our authentic selves. That's what we were taught to conform. That's it. Yeah, that's it right there. And uh, the message, sometimes it's not even a message that's spoken. It's more subtle than that. It's kind of like in the air. It's kind of like, this is the way it is. This is the way it's done, you know? And I think that having come from, uh, I tried to explain this to you before that my mother was, came from Italy at the age of 18. My father was born and raised, et cetera, here. But there, was, there, there were certain characteristics about growing up in a so-called immigrant family. Now we were hardly immigrants in the sense that, you know, we didn't come over on a boat. My mother did, <laughs> you know, my father was fully educated at NYU, et cetera. But there was always a little bit of a reservation about not, don't cross the line of where you, you should not be believing in something, you know? And so that was, I mean, that especially I saw that in a kind of racial stance uh, and a kind of prejudice that I grew up with, which was very, very strong, um, you know, and then I, I had to break away from that. But I mean, I, I know it's kind of like it, all of a sudden I started realizing my intuition, realizing that a person's skin color does not make a person 
bad or good or whatever. It's a person. He's a person. She's a person, you know, <laughs> and hallelujah. At the age of 18, I left New Jersey. I went away. Well, you know, I went into a monastery, you know, and I spent those days praying, you know, to come to realizations that really awakened me to a, a kind of openness, you know, that I'm still working on all the time, you know, because once touched, you continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the courage in that statement, we must have the courage and conviction to speak our minds. So powerful. And you know where I would love to work on this with children, you know, and that's why, you know, as a children's author, uh, and even in Lucas in the Game of Chance, my book that you first introduced me to on your radio program, I mean, he, he, he has to take control, you know, and in this magical world he lives in with all of these creatures floating around, he's, he's determined that he can become whole again, you know. And, and it's adversity, right? And no one said it would be easy. So this is, a, we're learning, we're in a, a school and we're learning. And if you're open to learning and also you have to be open to change, which is your sacral chakra. That's the dancing chakra, the one that flows and goes with the, you know, you're going somewhere and you change your mind, you go somewhere else and it's perfect. But a lot of people are fixed, right? They're fixed in their ways, they're closed-minded. And that's where we get in deep trouble. If it's my way or the highway, um, I think you, you started the interview with me on my show saying you're, you're still learning, you're open to learning. And that's the crown chakra. That's where it comes from. If you are a child and you're open to learning new things, then spirit's going to dance with you and take you on the floor. And you're going to go places you've never been before. Did I make a rhyme <laughs> before? Uh -huh. <laughs> I no, I that's how you know. And this book started out with children because I was afraid to talk about my woo-woo stuff to adults. And and also I mentor kids. Kids love this book. And I used to have 200 pounds of polished stones at farmer's markets. Moms would uh, do chakra readings and the kids, I had a, uh, the rocks on magnets and they called them chakra man. And they would get their readings um, just like the adults. And it was playful. It was fun. I have mentored kids that are now over 35 years old who are musicians and artists and doulas and doing green farming <laughs> i'm just overwhelmed with my 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 tribe and thanks to you you are reigniting that that passion and my purpose i got you know this thing did bring me down i wasn't a what am i going to do with my life now and so thanks to anthony thank you anthony you're just putting me because i pray too you're helping me get back on track well thank you. <laughs> that's what reciprocity is all about i think i mean because it's uh, it goes both ways. I mean, the book is such an illumination for me. All right, we have to come to an end. What would you like to tell our listeners about? And now I'm quoting you again, learning how to manifest their heartfelt intentions. I think we have to start with the heart and say self-love. You know, right now, uh, take some time for yourself. Treat yourself to something you want someone else to buy you. Spend some time alone, alone, not with your family and mother nature, because I just did that. There's not a lot of relaxation going on, but, you know, get in touch with your intuitions, uh, spend 24 hours alone, you know, somewhere and, and get to know yourself again. And then when spirit tells you to get on the dance floor, spirit tells you to make that phone call, just do it. And then your intuition gets so much stronger. And then you find yourself in the right place at the right time with the most amazing human beings. And if it doesn't feel good, just stop it. Don't do it anymore. Wow. Okay. 
a lot, you know, that, I mean, no, no, that's, it's so clear. And to a lot of people, it probably sounds like uh, a, a sacrilege, you know, but at the same time, how else could we possibly go on living, you know? You won't. That's the problem. You won't live anymore. Whether you're, in, you're alive or not, you're not really living life. Yeah, that's why, that's why I think too that uh, I notice the days when I meditate and when I don't meditate, you know, and especially because I'm, I'm, I'm using Buddhist principles, Zen principles, whatever they're called. I mean, I, I, I don't like to even put a name on them. It's just this place of quiet, you know, which is not always an easy place to go because stuff comes up, you know, and a lot of people think meditation is kind of like a nirvana, you know, you go off into this peaceful kingdom. Uh-uh, sometimes there's a lot of junk, you know, that comes up and you got to deal with it, you know, and so, oh, well, I have to say we have to end. I could go on <laughs> for hours. So, you know, it's been wonderful and I, I, I so appreciate it. I want uh, readers and writers, listen, I'm going to tell you, you can find Dina Marie on her website at www.liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. And that's D-E-N-A-M-A-R-I-E. At her website, you'll find lots of information about Dina Marie's programs, her radio show archives, and I love this part, her Energy Matters community. It's like, oh, please, please, is there an initiation? You know, what do, you, do you have to pay dues? You know, I want to be there. I want to be there. Don't forget also to tune into her radio show, Lift Your Spirits at KNNW 1150 AM, Alternative Talk Radio, which airs Fridays at 8 AM. So my dear, I will see you very soon because we get together every week, um, you know, for a brief period of time. And lately we've been, we've been uh, zooming them and uh, editing them so that they can go back up with Rick's help, uh, his expertise to get us onto YouTube to talk about, <laughs> to talk about our energy matters, you know, and uh, thank you so much. And, what can I say? Have a great time in the woods. Um, and um, until we meet again. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, my dear. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.